On this episode of Complicated Conversations, we welcome Bryn Weaver. Bryn is a fan of Velociraptors, the alien movies, well, some of them, Red Wine, and Wild Adventures. When not busy at her day job or writing, Bryn can be found relaxing with her husband and son or enjoying her other passions, which include riding horses and motorcycles, reading, and spending time with friends and family. Her new novel, Butcher and Blackbird, is out now, and that is what we are discussing today on Pop Fiction Women. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So much we want to discuss. Uh, But before (laughs) we get into it, why don't you give us the elevator pitch for your novel? Sure. So elevator pitch for my novel. Uh, (laughs) It's a tough one. Do I start with the accidental cannibals? Let's let's lead. We're going to get to that. Don't worry. We are. We are. (laughs) Uh, Really... It's down to every serial killer deserves a friend. Every serial killer deserves love, at least in this universe. Um, So we have Rowan, who is a serial analyver, and Sloane, who is also a serial analyver, who finds herself in a little bit of an unusual predicament. The two strike up a friendship, and over the course of several years, that friendship Um, which revolves around hunting other serial killers, the actual bad guys, so they're kind of like vigilantes. Um, It develops from friendship into romance. So that would be the very high-level synopsis without giving too much away. (laughs) Perfect. That was perfect. And this is a, or it's billed as, a dark rom-com, obviously based on the elevator pitch. You can see why. Your two main characters, as you said, are killers who kill serial killers. There's a list of trigger warnings that is longer than my grocery list um, (laughs) for a family of four. That does include, as you've mentioned, accidental cannibalism and not so accidental cannibalism. Um, And so you've acknowledged, you know, that this book maybe is not for everyone. It was for me, just so you know, and I didn't know (laughs) that I needed an accidental cannibalism book. Uh, But like, tell me, like, where did the idea come from? And did you ever think... Or did anyone ever tell you maybe in the process, like, like this is too much, like you've gone too far here, Bryn? Um, actually, quite the opposite. And I oh, will good. get to that, I guess, in a minute. Uh, but the idea really came from one day I was just like coasting through TikTok. And it was at the time where a lot of people were doing like their green flags versus their red flags in books. And mm-hmm. I saw someone who had posted her red flags, which were a bunch of like kind of a laundry list of things that I feel are very dark romance. Um, and it was kind of like, oh, that's that sucks. Like, <laughs> you know, these are, she's basically listing off all the things I like about morally gray men. Um, <laughs> and then her, her green flag was friends to lovers. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, I could just match those up and see what happens. And I thought, I really like the idea of what would someone like that feel like if they read this book and I tried to, you know, I just had a lot of fun. Like, would that challenge their perception of their red flags and their green flags? That would be awesome if it did. So I just kind of like started with that. Um, I am a pantser, so I really just started with that first scene of um, Sloane in the cage at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Did not know where I was going to go with it. It took me maybe like a little while to figure that out. And then I was like, hey, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I could like write a funny scene about that. And it sort of snowballed from there. Um, And in terms of people saying like, is it going too far? I actually connected with a friend of mine when I was doing the scene for the accidental cannibalism. 
Um, and she's another author. Her name is Lauren Beale. And I was like, I, I really want to have this lobotomized man <laughs> in the in the book, a lobotomized manservant. Is that going too far? And she's like, no, no farther. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> so, so that's like, it was actually quite the opposite. Um, mm-hmm. And I think just in terms of like it being a dark rom-com, I've written dark romance books before. And one thing that people often tag me in in positive reviews was like humor embedded into those books. So I just like, Oh, lean into that and just go for what I want to do. And out it came. (laughs) Yeah. Which is kind of like part of Fleabag's success, right? Like that is such a dark and heavy and traumatic, but if you've got the humor, it's a beautiful blend of, um, of perspective. Not everyone can do it. So it's, very impressive i want to talk about sloan sloan the orb weaver or blackbird as he calls her you said that you aspire to write female focused stories about complex resilient imperfect characters who struggle with anger trauma fear courage and love it's basically the whole point of our podcast is Mm -hmm. to talk about those women give them complexity and dimension um, where we don't always, where people are willing to write them off as unlikable or, you know, like someone you don't want to follow. And Sloan is capable. She's smart. She's loyal. She's also literally deadly. Um, <laughs> but but we see her be vulnerable and we find out about her trauma and her wounds. And against the armor that she's built up and this kind of facade that she puts on, uh, underneath she's asking am i lovable which is i can't imagine anything more relatable and universal than that question and that search for for understanding that tell us about sloan your development of her and um how you melded those things together sure yeah when i first started writing her and i had this idea that she was going to be a bit of a loner like for me, when I'm writing the characters, they do really, like, I might start off with kind of a vague idea, but they they evolve as the story <laughs> evolves. So I did have this idea, like, she is a loner. She's got um, a complex history that we, you know, I didn't want to go too crazy into detail of, like, how she became the way that she is. But, you know, she's got social anxiety, but she can still be a badass. And I think I know a lot of women that are like that. So she's not based on anyone specific but she is based on experiences that I've had with other women who are strong, capable, complex. You know, I never want it to be like reductive, like this character is socially awkward, therefore like unlikable and da da da. You know, I don't think real people are like that. And in my head, the characters are real people that just, it's almost like they exist somewhere else in the world. I'm just sort of looking in on their life, right? Um, so yeah, I wanted that for her. I hoped that it would pull off that way that she's, you know, she is meticulous. She's, um, unsure of herself. Like she's confident in some aspects of her life, not confident in others. And I think that's like, it is, like you said, it's sort of a universal feeling for for many of us. We're not, you know, fully confident in all aspects of our lives at all the time. Um, Or there might be some areas where we just feel stronger and more capable than others. And that's very much Sloan. 
so true. And and that's the thing. Obviously, the circumstances of her life and what she does are so yeah. extreme and, and unusual. And yet the way you've just described how she is as a person and a Could character anyone. is yeah. anyone. Yeah. So relatable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you did that beautifully. Um, Thank you. So we, have to, we have to talk about Rowan. Love him. <laughs> the butcher of Boston. Uh, he... Yeah falls hard and fast for yeah. Sloan. As you said, they start as friends. Um, and early on, he says to her, I bet I know the darkest parts of you better than anyone, just like you know the darkest parts of me. And despite that, you still want to hang out with me. I think that makes you my friend. Um, and so as the relationship progresses, that is really the crux of it to me, what he's saying there, um, that Rowan sees her, as we like to say, with a capital S, um, and her damage and her darkness or her pitch black soul. Um, but he loves all of her. Um, and we talk a lot on here about this idea of being seen. Um, but you, I feel like, hit on something that I think is so important about that that being seen can be scary and uncomfortable, right? If someone can actually see into that soul of yours. But for Rowan, um, Sloan says, you made it safe to feel seen. And I just think that safety and trust between them is really everything for me and, and the foundation for their relationship. So tell me about Rowan and him being this, this safe space for Sloan to, to, to see who she is. And accept yeah, it. and and I'll I'll tell you something that's like a little bit unusual and maybe doesn't make sense to a lot of other people, but it will. It does to me in how I framed him up. Um, like at first, I kind of thought that he would. At first, I thought it might I might deviate from this original plan of it being friends to lovers, and it might end up being enemies to lovers because I've done a lot of enemies to lovers, and I'm comfortable in that space. Um, but he did not want to be that way at all. Like he was very intense <laughs> in my head on like, mm -hmm. I am this person. I'm in love with this woman from like the get go, pretty much like I'm obsessed with her. So, okay, I'll just go with that. Um, but what I took, <laughs> cause yeah, I've learned the hard way. You can't fight a character on no. what they want to be. So no. I don't, you know, I just run with it. Um, and it's, this is the part that sounds unusual, but um i actually did treat it like he is almost dealing with a wild creature like he's i've done a lot of yeah. <laughs> this is so weird but i've done no. a lot of like rehabilitation of birds like if things would fall into the nest because we had a farm i would pick them up and feed them and hand raise them and then set them free and like it's just like a theme in our family like oh she's got another bird like great <laughs> <laughs> um, but i learned a lot about and because we had so many have had so many animals like i've learned a lot about trust um and giving a creature especially something that is flighty um that has difficulty trusting you have to give it space you have to let it come to you there's like a push and a pull so that was like how i treated rowan and his thoughts about sloan it's like he knew if he pushed too fast yep. or too hard she would go and he yeah. would never see her again and that is absolutely true of very many like wild creatures you know if you push them too too fast they'll just take off and you'll never yeah, yeah. get them back. Yeah. So that like thought process of like how to work with 
a creature that could be like quite different from you in the way that it thinks, the way that it behaves, like that was continuously kind of what I went back to with him. Yeah. And that makes complete sense as and especially why he didn't want to be enemies to lovers because he's yeah. the distance he's putting between them is for her. Not, yeah. you know, he doesn't yeah. want to push her away, it. but he knows. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But he knows that if he does, she'll she'll just run off. She'll be skittish. And yeah, I love that. Um, I, I love that you re- rehabilitate birds, too, because my husband always calls, <laughs> says I'm, I, I gonna... collect broken birds. <laughs> but they're not real. They're my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, but love it's that. probably it's a similar concept. You I, have I, to exactly. I know. Yeah, don't yeah. go in too to hard. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then yes. sometimes you have to like pull back a little bit and let them come to you. So oh, like yes. in that that chapter, it's called creance, which is actually a ter- it's terminology from falconry. So it's like mm-hmm. the the thread or the leash that you have on a on a falcon or whatever when you're training them so when he goes to her house and gives her sends the groceries over like he knows that you know he he can't get too in her face because she's just left already right Mm -hmm. but then he also knows he has to pull back enough to see if she'll come his way so that's why Mm -hmm. he then at the end of the chapter he leaves and and kind of like scopes out to see if she'll Mm -hmm. look out the door and she's expecting a delivery and then he's like no i gotta just i gotta go i can't look at my phone i can't look at it until i get home because otherwise i'll turn around mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. It's that whole principle yeah it, Ugh, it's throughout that. now that you've yeah. said it i'm thinking of so many scenes and moments mm-hmm. where yeah mm-hmm. he's he's this dynamic plays out yeah 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 so a lot of uh people that listen to our podcast are writers aspiring and established and we love talking about the journey to publication. And this one had a very interesting uh, <laughs> a journey, I, I think. Um, yeah. I know everyone wants to know how you go viral this big on TikTok. There is no <laughs> formula. There's no answer to that. But but do tell people about the journey. You started this one self-published and then completely went viral on, on BookTok and then you got caught the eye of Zando. Tell us about yeah. that. It was, yeah, it's a whirlwind journey. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had just published a co-authored book earlier in the year and then started working on this one. And this time around, I was like, oh, I'm not going to do a pre-order because I want to just, I'm a bit of a data nerd. So I just wanted to compare the data to see if that would affect performance or whatever. And it wasn't like a banger of a release. You know, I self-published it in mid-August, and I had done all my, like, legwork in advance, like, sending out arcs, doing a cover reveal, like, all that. And I could tell, like, there was a lot of enthusiasm for it in my small crew of people um, who are so kind to spend their time, you know, reading in advance, like, reading art copies. I could tell by the way that they were um, coming back to me with comments that they were really loving it, but I, you know, I... I was just doing my normal stuff. And then Christy from Read Between the Wines, she just randomly picked it up. Like I never sent it to her. She just, I don't know where she found it. And she read it and she loved it. And she started posting about it. And that was like the catalyst for it just kind of all of a sudden exploding. So more and more people started to 
pick it up, I think because the premise is a little bit weird too. And then they were like dark romantic comedy and what's accidental cannibalism. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. it's just, you know, those things I think factored together in the perfect storm and it went kaboom, you know, it just yeah. like took on a life of its own. And then when I was, um, I started getting all these inquiries from foreign publishers and they would say, like, who's your agent? Want to talk to them about publishing it in my country. And I was getting several of these. And I was like, I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> I don't have an agent. I don't know what I'm doing. So I thought, well, I should probably find an agent or like, I know there's a querying process. I don't know. I've not been through it. So I don't know what it's about, but I know it's hard. Um, and a Hungarian publisher, uh, we were back and forth again, the same question, like, do you have an agent? And I said, no, do you have any recommendations? And he gave me two, two names. And I reached out to one of them. And that was Kim Whalen on a Sunday. She got back to me within 30 minutes ah, and set up a call wow. for the next day. And that was it. like, then we started going out that week to foreign publishers and, and like in domestic as well. So Zando was one of a few that we talked to and they put in a preempt. Um, so they, you know, so that they could hopefully buy the rights earlier mm -hmm. than their competitors. So, oh yeah, it was a whirlwind. That, yeah, I love that. And I, I want to ask, but first I have to ask, have you talked to Gillian Flynn? Have you, like, I mean. I have not. No, okay. I have not. Okay, put that on the list. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how does, how, how does all that feel? This is not the first book you've published. This I'm is not your first yeah. time to just it must feel like it comes out of the blue and so many yeah. books are great and deserve but viral is something that is not yeah. about deservingness or quality or even I, I you know it's about something that can't really be named how does that feel it's yeah it's uh i'll combination of things right because it's amazing to feel like something like I've always felt like something could catch fire um, and how to get there, how to get there, how to get there. You know, like I think like myself, like a lot of other authors, like we rack our brains, like how do we get more reach? How do we mm -hmm. go viral? Like how do yeah. all these things happen? And sometimes it really truly is a perfect storm. And you're right. There are so many books that deserve it, um, you know, more than mine does um, and people that have been working at it for years. Um, so it feels like, a relief to have something <laughs> catch fire um, yeah. finally, but it's also like, it doesn't come without a cost. Like there is um, a lot of pressure. There's a lot of like communication. There's a lot of work obviously, which is good. I'm not like saying, oh, it's such a bummer. You know, it's, just, <laughs> yeah. it's not the journey behind the scenes. It's also a lot more complex. Um, and so there is a ton of like pressure and nights where you're like <laughs> super late like, and like, oh shit, what yeah, right. yeah. You know? Um, well, uh, it wasn't, I mean, oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, as you're saying this, the pressure, and this is so different now because you're now doing it with Zando and, 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 and with yeah. a, a publisher. So your prior ones, um, you self-published. So was that, I mean, I guess, yeah, you had, had made that decision to go that route. And so now you're sort of yeah. thrust into another route. Um, yes. So why did you, the self-publishing, just you wanted to do, go that, that route before? 
and it's yeah. got to be the data nerd part That's of you, what right? I, I, because I yeah, yeah, yeah. publishing is yeah. really hard. Yeah. You have to know. Otherwise, you just press play and it go or press right. send and it goes into the ether. Yeah. But yeah. that's not what you were doing. You yeah. were, no. you paid attention to metrics right. and the things that matter to people, mm-hmm. yes. readers, which is what right. you want. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. It was a calculated, strategic, like I, yeah. I had to learn a lot. I had to fail a lot as I went. I had to like constantly adjust you know i'm glad that i went that route because i knew more about promoting myself and promoting Mm -hmm. my work because of that experience over the previous years so then when it came to conversations with sando no i don't know everything about like some of the ads that they're doing but i do know about like engagement with with readers and what what has given me the success to this point so I can make informed uh, or have informed conversations with them to some degree even though I don't know like the crazy world of like (laughs) getting it getting it into stores that I've never been in before so I feel like I'm learning a lot which I really love that bit but Mm -hmm. I am glad that I had that foundation to be able to say hey like wait a second like what about this you know so yeah you have another perspective yeah 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 that's incredible so it's helpful to not go in and be like i think if i had gone in that route just for myself yeah i wouldn't have known when to scrutinize certain decisions or when to like question them or maybe i would not have felt as confident to be like asking those questions right so Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely and this is now with Zando, a trilogy. You've got a three book. So um, I know the next one, I think, is coming out in June. Um, Leather right. and Lark. I'm so excited for more um, <laughs> of, 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 of these characters. Um, so can you give us a little scoop on that? Yeah, I can. Um, so I, I will say it's the hardest book that I've ever written. And I think it's because of like the circumstances around mm. everything, like, you know, B&B blowing up and like the pressure of that. Um, and then learning this whole new world. And we were also moving at the same time. Oh, so gosh. like relocated oh, countries and like got sick a few oh, times. So it wasn't just a book. I mean, I'm super happy with how it turned out and that experience. I think, again, I'm like really glad that it wasn't an easy ride. Um, like B&B is just like joyful and like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, this is fun. I'm just having yeah. fun. Like, yeah. And this is like, I had fun, but it came at a like, not a price, but you know, I, I don't know. It was like, a, I feel better prepared for the future, I guess, having been through it. But anyway, the book itself is Marriage of Convenience, Hate to Love. And it's mm-hmm. Lark, who is introduced in the first book, which yeah. is um, Sloane's best friend, and Lachlan, who is Rowan's older brother. So they do not like each other. No. Um, Lachlan has sort of a double life. So he has a leather studio in the day, but he also has a like really crazy boss. <laughs> He's... Uh, contract killer um and then lark has some secrets of her slave and she's a musician um so yeah it's an interesting mix it's like opposites tracked a little bit grumpy sunshine yeah 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 and it's a good thing they're they're connected because you're promoting you're still promoting this one and the next one's coming out sooner than you think 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you do such a good job of introducing these two in here. I mean, Lark is being, uh, their relationship, their friendship, the loyalty between them. I mean, I love her. And these brothers, I mean, I know the third brother would then be the, in the third in the trilogy. I mean, they yeah. really, they have, my, you know, minor roles in here, but their personalities all each come out, the banter between them. You were saying the humor <laughs> earlier, like you love them all, even though this one obviously focuses on Rowan. So anyone who reads this is going to, they're going to want to see what happens with those two. Yeah. Yeah. And they, the other brothers and, you know, Sloan as well, they do factor into this book oh, too. Good. So I wanted it to be like, you know, that you could read this book and not read the other two, but I did want it to have that more interconnected sort of thread of, yeah, standalones, but definitely the interconnection you hopefully get that in this book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, Bryn, do you have, I, I can't remember if we slotted 30 minutes or an hour. Um, I have time. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so Kate, do you want to go back to the chili pepper question? And do well, I... <laughs> I mean, I do. All right, well, I do. I'll... And then we can okay. do astrology, but, <laughs> okay, or okay, whatever sure. you want to do. Yeah, I just, I mean, the chili pepper. I, scale. I jumped ahead. We have so many questions for it's you, but okay. I really <laughs> wanted to talk about the publishing yes. uh, journey, and I knew you would be more honest about the complexity. I love that word because mm -hmm. it is. It's wonderful. You don't want to trade it in, but it is. It's more yeah. complex than just like, yay, this is all super. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm just obsessed with the heat of this book. And, um, you know, this chili pepper scale, I, I read a lot of romance, <laughs> contemporary romance. And, you know, I'm familiar with it. I can't say I'm an expert of what qualifies as four or five chili peppers. I don't know, but this is hot and it's got to be up there. Um, is that something that you focus on or when you're writing it or like, and I don't know, it, it seems to come so naturally. It's, it, it's amazing. I mean, it is, it's, Thank just, you. it's not, I don't think it's easy to write something, um, that feels really authentic it's and not. also just really hot. So. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Those are usually my favorite scenes to write they seem to just like i could get into the groove of a spicy scene mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. like crack it out fairly quickly um and i really enjoy writing them i think they're super fun um i i always like worry <laughs> myself like oh is it gonna be similar to other ones i've written but for some reason like something weird will come into the mix and it makes like each one feels unique to me anyway um, in terms of like planning them out, because I'm such a pantser, I have like kind of an idea of like what this couple, what might, might, might make sense for a particular couple, but I don't really plan it out until I just get there. And oddly for like B&B, it was the first time that I had really, I really dragged my heels in writing the first spicy scene because it was, I felt like it was so important to Rowan in particular because he had been mm -hmm. like pining yeah. for so many years for Sloan. And I was like, I gotta make it good for him. <laughs> <laughs> and like for her too, obviously, like the yeah, women's pleasure yeah. in, the, in the books is always like the forefront of what I'm doing. But I just knew like he was so enamored with her and like it needed to be right. Um, and once I got there, he was just kind of like, yeah they're really fun yeah i really like writing them i don't know where i would put it on a scale i mean i've read some pretty spicy stuff so mm -hmm. um <laughs> yeah 
yeah, it didn't, like, I've written other books that had more spicy scenes in them than this one does. Um, like Black Sheep, for example, had a lot mm-hmm. in it. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like everything fit together yeah. the way mm-hmm. I would have hoped for. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I want to just talk about the annual murder competition, but basically <laughs> as foreplay. Right. Because Mm -hmm. Kate and I are both very competitive people. We know that 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 makes sparks fly between people. It works really well for uh, the basis of a romance, especially one that isn't enemies to lovers. Right. Mm -hmm. It's friends. But then you get that a little bit of that spice in there. Um, Tell us about that and that structure and why you wanted to include that. Yeah, that was like really very much uh, an idea that like came from Rowan uh, just trying to on the fly, like figure out any way that he could keep this girl (laughs) engaged and like keep this woman like some way to see her again. Um, So it really came from trying to think from his perspective, like already he's figured out that she's flighty already. He knows that he himself just by being there and having found her even doing that like letting her out she doesn't trust him so he's got to like figure out something that'll appeal to her very quickly um and that's really how it came about is just like what would make sense what would he think could potentially just like hook her enough that she would come back? Mm-hmm. um and she herself i think it made sense thinking about it from her perspective that she's a little bit like bored. She loves what she does for her hobby, but she's also a little bit lonely. And like, she's starting to recognize that she's like been doing this kind of thing on her own for some time that it's, it's not so fun to be alone. Maybe it would be good to challenge myself a little bit. So yeah, that's really how it came about was trying to, from both of their sides, figure out what would be a good common connector. And I think having it as a, a friendly rivalry worked for them both as well, where they're not like, I think if it had been an enemy's thing, she would have been like, no way. Right. But uh-huh. because she's got a little tiny bit of trust in him, just enough to like, okay, maybe he won't murder me in my sleep in the first game. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. When you talk about being a pantser, you also, I, I'm hearing that you think a lot about these things is that do you do that through drafts or do you do that through like brainstorming uh before pre-planning no i see like i i wish because sometimes i feel like that would probably take a little pressure off to know what i'm doing (laughs) but i i like see in scenes and then i i have a kind of like vague idea of like I guess I see it in the way that the characters kind of understand their world. I see a scene, I'll write a scene, so I don't write in a linear fashion at all. Like B&B, I wrote that first chapter and a half, then I skipped ahead to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Bit. I wrote that like two chapters, and then I went back and I did like the Thorsten one. So I like bounce all over the place, two scenes, but I think I feel a certain way about the characters and where they need, where they are and where they need to get to. So it's a weird process of threading it together as I go. And oftentimes I don't know even <laughs> what the main like conflict is going to be. So like in B&B, I was about two thirds through like word count wise, like finishing the book. And I still didn't know who was going to be the antagonist. 
So I was like having a conversation with my husband and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, do I, should I introduce like a police officer? I don't want to do that because I felt like it would get too bogged down. Like I need to figure this out. And I was like, well, it could be David. Like, and he was like, yeah, it could be David. And he starts talking about other stuff and I was not listening at all. Yeah. And he's like, you're not listening to me, are you? And I was like, no. No, he's no like, I'm not. David, yeah. aren't you? And I was like, yeah, yeah I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, like, I need that. to go to my laptop now. I got to get yeah, this yeah. down. I need to, like, yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah. but we're not talking. Like, yeah. I'm sure he's yeah. used to that. It doesn't yeah. take offense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Writer brain. Gotta go. Yeah. But you helped yeah. me th- with the idea. So great. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. That's great. Yeah. Well, so we, we have to ask, and I don't know, maybe, Corinne, if you have a guest now. I don't know. But oh, we ask, I don't. Okay. Me neither. <laughs> We ask all our authors, um, what's their sign? And do you relate? Because we have an interest here in astrology. Yes. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So, and and sometimes we know because we snoop if someone posts stuff on Instagram or, you know, or we have a good guess, but I don't know. We're both a little stumped. So now this is fun. I I would go with mutable. I would go with mutable. A mutable sign. She might not know what those are. You don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Anyway, (laughs) tell us your sign. Yeah. Okay, I'm Scorpio. Oh, not a mutable fixed sign. Yeah, water. Okay, water though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what my other one. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, Yeah, but that Scorpios that works. That does. It makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of sense. I think I'm like dead in the middle too. Of like, of Scorpio. My my birthday is November 14th, so I'm like pretty. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not cuspy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But you guys yeah. would write the spiciest scenes. Let me just tell you, the Scorpios would definitely, <laughs> definitely be high on the spice Makes scale. Sense. So this Makes works. Sense. This works. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to learn more about science. You, I keep saying that. You, you don't. <laughs> so, yeah. I think it's interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's fun. It, it's fun. Yeah. Although there's a lot of Scorpio hate out there. Don't let yeah. them hate on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scorpio is one of my favorite signs, ruled by Mars. I'm Aries. I'm Mar- mm-hmm. Aries and Scorpio are both ruled by Mars, so there, mm-hmm. there's a syn- uh, like a symmetry there. Um, oh well, thank you so much for joining us. Before we let you go, I wanna though ask. I mean, I don't know with what imaginary time you have or everything I read in your bio that you have to consume other things, but we always <laughs> like to ask our authors what they're loving right now: TV shows or other books or anything that you're just loving and obsessed with. Besides rehabilitating birds, which I also love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right now because we've just moved like we're um renovating our house and it's been a little bit crazy so we haven't like i also had deadlines for leather and large so i've not been consuming so much but i did mm-hmm. just start a book um i so i read friend of mine is um avina st graves and she wrote um death's obsession and i just read skin of a sinner um, by her so I just finished that one and I'm on another one called Sucker which I just started and I think it's Natalie Ashy. Uh, I think that's her last name I just started that one so I'm hoping to get into the place where I have a little bit more time to like, yeah. <laughs> do things like fill the well with like creative ideas right um, yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Not so well, easy. You got yes, a lot going and that's on. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No. You, you. Your mind didn't go blank, which happens a lot, <laughs> even for people who do consume uh, other entertainment a lot. 
Uh, well, Bryn, again, thank you so much for joining us. Butcher and Blackbird is out now. Leather and Lark comes out in June. June. Um, so exciting. Thank you so much. It was This was a thank world you. I did not know I needed. I'm just telling you, and I <laughs> loved it. So, Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, it was such a pleasure. So anytime, I'd love to come back. Awesome. Okay. Love that. Thank you.